0: So in case you guys were wondering, which I'm sure you were, my shirt says majestically perfect, and that's my 2022
1: work persona.
2: Is to be majestically perfect? Yes.
1: Uh, So you're just trying to get in the same league as your cat is what you're saying, right? Like just majestically perfect.
0: Oh, absolutely. Two peas in a pod. Do you think she's going to let you into
2: that elite club?
0: Have you met any cats? No.
2: Some question
0: (laughs) No, you're a dog person, so Welcome to Talking Underwater. One water.
1: One podcast.
0: I'm Lauren Delcello, managing editor for water quality products.
1: I am Katie Johns, managing editor of Stormwater Solutions. And I'm Bob Crosson, Senior Managing Editor for Water and Waste Digest.
0: And in this month's episode of Talking Underwater, in conjunction with Women's History Month and International Women's Day, we will share two interviews with stellar women in water on their career journeys and advice to the next generation. So Katie spoke with Jennifer Kelly Lockmeyer, who recently concluded her service as president of NEWEA and is an active vice president at Arcadis. And I spoke with Melissa Jones, who's Group President for Commercial Water Solutions for Pantheir. And plus, we'll share a little bit on what this special episode means to us as co-hosts and where you can find even more Women in Water Q&As in celebration throughout the month. And finally, this episode marks our 50th numbered episode of Talking Underwater. Woo. (laughs) Yeah, it's super exciting. So I'll kick the episode off today with just saying 50 is a big deal. What a ride. You know, I've been a co-host with you guys on the podcast for three years now. It's actually, uh, my three-year podcast anniversary is April. So that's great, but wanted to let the listeners know that I am now bowing out and, uh, leaving the podcast and moving on to something else but it has been a pleasure and these conversations are so important and i'm so glad bob and katie are continuing them
1: yeah we are going to miss you a tremendous amount so, <laughs> <laughs> but, you so much. <laughs> yeah i mean the international women's month i mean it's a no better time for me to like really illuminate just how much work you both do for this podcast for one but also the work that you do on your respective brands um lauren you've been an absolute inspiration for me over the past couple of years just the the amount of work that you can do at a given time and how you manage all of that work I, it's truly incredible. I think Katie is in agreement that like we're I a, flabbergasted by the volume of work that you're able to do at a given I uh, time. I agree. Yeah. And, so
2: yeah, Lauren, you have been a phenomenal coworker, and you are easily the most organized human being I've ever met in my entire life. Which I think <laughs> is how you're able to manage so many things and get and be so successful in so many things.
1: So I wish you the best of luck with your next adventure. Yeah. I'm definitely very excited for you, too. <laughs>
0: Ooh, emotions high. Thank you, guys. Um, I'm glad I won't be far. So I'll be seeing you in the water world.
1: Yeah. The, the old, yeah. I think that, that that softens the blow for us a little bit. Is <laughs> exactly. that we get to see you more. We still get to see you. So.
0: <laughs> All right. That was what it was. Love you guys, love the <laughs> listeners. So let's go over to Bob to tell us a little bit more about other women in water coverage we've had going on and how excited we are about everything we've got working around this this month and these stories.
1: Yeah, so in fact, every one of our brands has reached out to and received Q and A's for women in water who highlight not only the excellence of women working in this industry, but also the variety of career opportunities from ceos to engineering from marketing to operations just all, the whole swath of job opportunities that there are and how it doesn't matter who you are these opportunities exist for you and we can like it's part of this program i think is not just how awesome these women are but also showing that like a lot of job opportunity exists here, and you can take take advantage of it. Um, so I wanted to point out that on every single website, if you go to wwdmag.com, if you go to eStormwater.com, or wqpmag.com backslash women water, you will find Q&As throughout this entire month for all of the excellent women in each of our water verticals. So be sure to check them out. We'll have it in the description for the podcast as well, so you can check out the links for all of them there too. Now, lastly, I want to touch on one last thing. This is actually Bob in post in the editing booth telling you about this because it's so fresh. The EPA released a state revolving fund memorandum about how to implement state revolving funds for the bipartisan infrastructure law in the United States. This is a very big, crucial step for getting this funding out to the people who need it most. There's a lot of answers to questions that most of you likely have. I encourage you to visit our website. It is currently in the featured section of www.dmag.com, so you can check it out there. And it is also in the description for the episode that you are listening to right now. So go to our website, check out the information there. Make sure that you visit the EPA website as well because they can provide fully comprehensive information. We've only simply summarized some of the biggest, most key elements that we think that you are probably having the most questions on. So check out our website, check out EPA website, and get the most information on how to get SRF funding for your next project. Now over to Katie.
2: Yeah, and I first just will echo you, Bob, on the Q&As. I think what I have loved about reading them so far is that a lot of, well, all of the women that did the SWS1 talked about how they're, you know, doing things today that are going to benefit the future generations. They talked about their daughters or their friends' kids or even just their coworkers that they know are maybe a little bit younger than them. So I think that sense of collaboration is has been really, really great to read about. Um, oh, Lauren, yeah, go ahead.
0: I, I think I, I just, as is my last episode, I think I just wanted to say what um, celebrating the voices of women in water has meant to me and how I'm so glad you guys are con- continuing that. You know, as, as a woman in water, having female mentorship in the industry has meant so much to me and made such a huge difference in my career path and um, my development. So that we continue these stories and provide ways to highlight that mentorship and support that is, it's so vital, you know, the power of storytelling in water is, is, it's here to stay.
1: Yeah. on that note I'd like to note that for I believe all of our Q&A's we asked about mentorship and what it mean- meant to these women in water as well and all of them talked about how critical it was for WWD. Um. so sure. to your point like mentorship is a, a, a very important part of making sure that people feel valued that making sure they feel like they belong within a community as well and elevating their professionalism because they can answer questions that they otherwise wouldn't get answered within, potentially within their own own organization so um yeah mentorship is uh, a very key critical part of making sure people feel involved and uh belong
0: can't stop won't stop no <laughs> <laughs> shall we head over to those interviews though we've got two coming up
1: yes let's do
2: So our interviews this month, um, one is with Jennifer Kelly Lockmeyer, who recently concluded her service as past president of Niwa and is an active president at Arcadis. And Lauren talked with Melissa Jones, who is group president for Commercial Water Solutions for Pentair. So without further ado, here are those interviews. Right, Hello, everyone. This is Katie Johns. And today I am here with Jennifer Kelly Lockmeyer, who is an active vice president of Arcadis, and recently completed her service as past president of the New England Water Environment Association. Today, we're going to dive into Jennifer's career path, goals, and more. So thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it.
3: Super. Thank you for having me.
2: Of course. So just to get us started, can you tell us how you got your start in the water industry and kind of expand on your career path?
3: Absolutely. I got started with my first job right out of college. Um, They came and recruited. I went to Cornell University. I was a mechanical engineer and they came and recruited and I ended up working for an equipment supplier and we made um, air stripping towers to remove VOCs from drinking water. It was a great job, I, I did everything from pilot testing to actually um, uh, designing and then installing and startup of equipment. So it was a lot of fun. Um, and then I transitioned, I decided I I decided I decided needed more supervision and I wanted to work for some consulting engineers. Um, and that's really how I ended up on the consulting side of the house.
2: Okay, and so when you went to college, when you went to Cornell, did you anticipate ending up in the water industry?
3: Well, let's just say that some of my my best and earliest mentors, uh, one of which was my dad, my dad was an aerospace engineer, and so I spent my summers working in the aerospace industry and I learned pretty quickly that that was not of interest to me. I really (laughs) wanted, I really wanted to do something more to help with the environment, Um, so that was pretty much what I knew back then.
2: Okay, and can you tell us a little bit about your role now at Arcadis?
3: Absolutely. Uh, so for Arcadis, I am the area leader for New England. Um, so for those on the phone that don't know what New England is, it's it's just six states, Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island. That's New England. And so I'm the, uh, the area leader for the Resilience Business Line. And so we do everything... Um, on all aspects of the water cycle, stormwater, drinking water, wastewater, everything. And it's a it's a lot of fun. Um, I work with a lot of great talented people and uh, we have a really good time here in New England.
2: Awesome. And you also just, as we talked, I mentioned earlier, finished serving as past president of the New England Water Environment Association. So can you talk about what your role was, was for the association and what you kind of did day to day?
3: Yeah, absolutely, um, and I'm I'm still actively involved, and I look forward to my next role. Um, so for for New England Water Environment Association, um, I served the last five years as working my way up to being president, and then serving as past president. And in that role, you're responsible for the um, the messaging and the, the leadership uh, of the organization, and it's your job to. Really help foster and make sure that the nonprofit organization is, you know, executing its mission, um, as well as that it's healthy and vibrant um, for the next uh, generations of people that come along and really uh, can use the technical insight. um, Relationships that we build with various uh, Congress uh, different uh, leaders for funding for the industry, all aspects of the industry, from operations to um, uh, design and any any aspect of our um, mission as NUIA. Um, And it's it's really a wonderful organization. And um, I think that would be one of my uh, pieces of advice to people would be to join a professional organization um, early and often. Um, as I look back at it, some of my best mentors really came from the professional organizations, um, and it was really other people that would just say to you, "Hey, how about you know what? You're good at this. You're good at articulating this. Maybe you could help out on this committee." And I, I would really encourage everyone to get active in a in a professional organization that uh, aligns with your own desires uh, to um, get more involved in your community, make sure that everything you're doing is having an impact.
2: Yeah, that's great advice. And you also touched on another topic I wanna spring up with you, which was mentorship. So earlier you mentioned your dad and now you just mentioned getting involved in different organizations and associations. So how important has mentorship been to your career and why has it been so important? How has it helped you?
3: Yeah, I think uh, mentorship really kind of brings in uh, a sense of fulfillment. Um, You get a much greater understanding uh, to maybe even to help you articulate your own goals of what you wanna do with your career and how you find fulfillment. Uh, For me, it's very important that the work I do every single day is positive and has a positive impact on our communities, on people everywhere, so um, I, I think it's it's it kind of helps to fill that gap. Um, at Arcadis, we actually have a really cool program. We utilize uh, something called Mentor Loop, and so at Arcadis with career development, um, you can pop into the application and fill out that you know what you're looking for in a mentor, and then you get aligned with somebody. And so for me. Uh, i i have been selected as a mentor i do currently actively mentor several different people um but i find fulfillment in it too just in understanding you get a greater understanding of perspectives of of what people think is important where they're coming from um you know just to, so i find it to kind of fill a need uh for that connection um to you know meaning of life <laughs>
2: Absolutely. And so you said that you're a mentor now. So what are some of the most rewarding parts of, you know, mentoring the younger generations and the new people coming into the industry?
3: Oh, my goodness. I just had such a satisfying one the other day where we had we had actually set out goals um, for for another Arcadian. And um, just to see her realize these goals within a year, rather than we originally kind of laid out a plan for two years. And then um, things just aligned and um, to see her reach her leadership potential um, so quickly is just so exciting. And now we have to start over with new goals. Um, (laughs) But it's 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 really exciting to to help somebody um, achieve something that they want to achieve uh, and to um, understand, you know, why that's important to them and and what else is important to them in the community. So it's very satisfying. I would recommend to anyone to be a mentor. Sometimes I think we think, why would, what do I have to offer? You probably have a lot more to offer than, than, you know, and you should just hop right in there and do it. Um, And going back to, you know, NUIA, New England Water Environment Association, it's when somebody asks you to help, you might not even realize just how much that might really end up helping your own career, just because you're doing something anyways that you're good at and now you're expressing it to other people and they're they're very grateful and they've learned and they've evolved as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. And I kind of want to shift gears, not too much, but just a little bit. And based off, you know, the topic of today's episode, what does it mean to be a woman in the industry to you?
3: So, hmm. I think I think to me I feel a really strong sense at, at first I felt a really strong sense to help other women. Um I can tell you when I graduated from my university I was there were 5% women in my engineering class. So you know it was always obvious to me that I was you know not the same as everyone else. Um but I have had the opportunity to work at companies like Arcadis, where we do have a much higher percentage of women. But I think for me, that then evolved into really wanting to help others in the industry now that aren't the same, or others in the industry that are are struggling. So for example, I, I make it a point to act on that. So let me give you an example of that. So just recently at the New England Water Environment Annual Conference, which we just had in January, I said to myself, I'm going to make a new friend and I always make new friends, but <laughs> this time I'm going to pick the person that's hiding in the corner. This time uh, and women are very easy for me to approach.
0: Mm-hmm. So
3: now I've been kind of evolving that to really approach somebody who looks like they're struggling that might not look like the person that I would normally talk to. Okay. So I'm really kind of pushing myself to talk to other people, gain greater perspectives, and and it's so fulfilling and you learn so much. And there's so many smart young people out there. And that's whether they're in the operations end, whether they're in the, um, maybe a different aspect of our field even, like um, in the media relations, things that wouldn't be natural to me. I, I make it a point to really listen to them and understand where they're coming from. So I think being a woman, what, it, what my main takeaway was is that I learned about how nice it felt when somebody made a point to be nice to me and made it a point to make sure that I felt comfortable because they could see that I was different. And so that's my main takeaway is, is make somebody else feel comfortable. Uh, somebody that clearly is uncomfortable and might not look the same as everybody else in the room or might not sound the same or Any other reason?
2: Yeah, I actually just uh, recently attended the WAF and a WWA Young Pro Summit um, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, one of the, well, a couple of the big things talked about were one, the importance of mentorship, but two, we had a whole workshop on kind of getting okay with being uncomfortable and starting conversations with people that you might not really know and learning how to be a good listener, how to be empathetic. But yeah, that whole notion of kind of getting uncomfortable with or sorry, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. So I think it's it's great that you bring that up because that's something a you know a lot of young pros in the industry just talked about a couple of weeks ago. So it's definitely timely and relevant. And so, do you you know what advice would you give to people to do that? You know, to approach people they don't know, or to start networking, or to kind of get more comfortable being in the industry.
3: Yeah, just um, baby steps. You know, you, you uh, the first thing. The first thing you do is, so say you're at one of those, um maybe we're at one of those uh, social gatherings, uh, like at the end of the YP summit. um the the NUIA, um executive committee gets together with the with the Yps. so at, at something like that, they know that we're coming in to talk, but mm-hmm. I kind of look around the room for the person who's trying to hide. And so I just I go up next to them and i just I just say hi. um you know, I'm Jen Lockmeyer. Um, who are you? Nice <laughs> to meet you? And then they, you just start from there, and then, um, and then you kind of, you know, you can ask basics. Where you're at a technical meeting like that, you can ask something like, Have you joined a committee? Have you thought about a committee? What do you, what do you really like about our work, or any aspect of how you're connected to the industry? And listen, listen to what it is. I'm always trying to figure out what someone's passion is because mm-hmm. if if you can understand that, then you can really help guide them to the next uh, step that might really be and uh, bring fulfillment and 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 interest to them. um so yeah, just start just introduce yourself would be the first step.
2: yeah, absolutely. that is good advice. <laughs> and I'm gonna kind of pivot again here, but what are some of your biggest career goals that you would like to meet?
3: Well, I kind of feel like I'm doing pretty well now. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so I think next to, next time my agenda is to figure out um, exactly what else to do with WAF. Um, personally, I want to be more connected on probably more of a, um, a leadership front in terms of our Um, delegations from New England that go to Congress, uh, have them understand what the pinch points are for our industry, uh, create better liaisons between New England and um, being a technical resource for Congress senators. Uh, So that's kind of my next uh, focus, I think, is to really try to help bridge that gap and I would I did join uh, the government affairs committee for WEF. I am also on it for NUIA. Um so I will probably I will probably continue to be active um, with the fly-in in April and continue to be active for Nuia and the six New England states as far as you know, what are the pinch points for our industry and how can we how can we be the sought-after resource for the senators for the Congress people in our areas such that they know who to turn to when they have a question um, that they want to answer and also to make help make our industry more visible, more understood. We're, we're often too quiet. So I think those would be, you know, that's part of my next uh, career goal. Um, you know, personally at Arcadis, I have the dream job uh, being the area leader for New England. It's, it's a wonderful job. I work with A lot of really smart, talented people, and we're every day we're helping communities, um, whether it's with drinking water, wastewater, stormwater. So, um, professionally, I think I have some of that covered, but uh, there's always so much more to do.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and that kind of leads into my next question, which you did touch on briefly. And that answer was, what do you think are some of the biggest topics or challenges facing the water industry right now?
3: Yes, um, I would say workforce is definitely an issue. Um, You know, we need to evolve. Um, By the way, mentoring, I think, really ties back to Mm -hmm. that. Um, And that's why it's so important to mentor through professional societies, also through um, our own company. but there's other workforce, we we look at it a lot and we can see that workforce is shrinking. We can see that there's many demands for the talented people in our line of work. Um, and so we are evolving. Um, certainly at Arcadis, we like to, um, we have a fit for the future campaign where we're helping to evolve and utilize more technology so that you can do, um, you can be faster, better with, the stuff that you have, um, and maybe free up a little of your current, uh, employee based time, uh, to do these items. I also think that we have to be, uh, very inclusive and it kind of in, it ties back to your podcast on women in water, mm-hmm. which is we need to really foster and encourage, uh, different people to join our field. Um, so at Arcadis, We actually have a a lot of different affinity groups um, that we have, uh, you know, they have set workshops and meetings and promote. Um, So they're the Black Employee Network, the Women's Network, Pride Network, uh, Latin Heritage Group. And we even have the ABLE and Different Abilities Partnering Team. Okay. So I think really working with these, with people that are different. You know, we have to do everything we can to foster the the next generation of our workforce and to assure that we have the the brain trust in place to continue. Um and that and then you know we have a lot of other challenges too right now. One of which would be cybersecurity, very you sure. know, very very difficult. So Absolutely.
2: And then, you know, my one of my final questions for you I know I asked you about advice on how to get comfortable with being uncomfortable earlier but do you have any other just general advice for younger people
3: entering the industry right now? Um, so I think that they should try to articulate to us I think that the I think times have changed a lot and mm-hmm. what the new workforce is looking for is different. Than what you or I might have been looking for when we first um, graduated and and began our careers, and so there I would say, talk talk to your um, talk to your supervisor, talk to your coworkers, help us to understand what that is, so that we can help you achieve that or get that, Um, because I do think things are changing, and I do think we have to evolve how we work. I mean, a lot of that. Happened anyways during the pandemic. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you know, there, there we were certainly lucky uh, at Arcadis that we had all this infrastructure in place and that we're used to working remotely. Um, but these are things that are very important to people. It's very important that they have work-life balance. It's mm-hmm. very important that they have flexibility, that they don't need to maybe be in an office every day, that they can work from home. Uh so I think. I think the more that the young people can articulate to us what they want, what what is important to them in their whole work-life balance, I think the more you'll see the companies can evolve and provide that.
2: Yeah, absolutely, it's a really good point. And Jennifer, those were all of the questions I had for you, but is there anything you want to add that we didn't touch on?
3: Goodness, no? (laughs) I think we might've covered it all.
2: Okay. Yeah. We certainly covered a lot. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. And I know our, our listeners will too. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good rest of your day.
0: Welcome to Talking Underwater. One Water One Podcast. I'm Lauren Delcello, managing editor for water quality products. And I am joined today for our special Women's History Month slash International Women's Day podcast episode by Melissa Jones, group president for commercial water solutions for Pentair. So thanks for hopping on, Melissa. Great. Thanks, Lauren. Good to be here. Yeah, awesome. I'm so glad to meet you today and just talk a little bit more about your journey and experiences in the water industry, what being a woman in water means to you, and maybe even a little bit about what you think of the future there. So let's just get rolling and kick off with tell me a little bit about your journey through the water industry. How'd you get to where you are now? How'd you get in it? Yeah,
4: absolutely. Uh, So actually, you know, my first official role in the water industry was actually with Pentair. Um, Prior to that, I had spent uh, quite a bit of time in the construction and power tool industry. Um, So I worked with closely with uh, the professional trades, uh, you know, and, and learned a lot about, you know, how water plays a role in the function and um, build of our homes and commercial buildings across the globe. So that was kind of my my first is the beginning phases of construction and water and how do we get water so easily to our taps. Um, and then I joined Pentair about seven years ago, uh, and I actually joined their Flow Technology Group first um, in their in their pump group. And uh, I had a couple different roles from strategy and marketing to category management across. Their residential, commercial building, and even their infrastructure flow uh, businesses, uh, and that's really where you know I kind of got my my foray into into water and learned about you know, how do we manage um, water across the globe from tidal pumps that keep Amsterdam above water, right, to municipal uh, clean and dirty water flow, and you know even in individual residential well water. So it's all in the beginning of the you know how do we move water uh, at Pentair. And then a couple of years ago, I transitioned, and I transitioned to the filtration side of the business. Uh, and that you know, was really eye-opening as, as we you know, started to, to learn uh, more about you know, that not all water is created
0: equally.
4: So the chemistry behind water and how to provide you know, specialized water recipes, so to speak, uh, for different applications, whether it be for drinking water coming out of your tap or to support uh, food service locations in the brewing of coffee or in the support of a, of a steam combi oven um, and what's required there from that water. So it's been really fun to kind of see that side. Um, and I was actually a biology major way back in the day in college. Um, and so I'm a little bit of a science a science geek, as I like to say. Um, and you know, so the chemistry of water as I've kind of ventured into this filtration side of the business has been really, really interesting for me as well
0: you've kind of seen it all a little bit. You you've touched a lot of different facets of water's journey pretty quickly it sounds like.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It's really fascinating to see the life cycle of water, right? Across the board. Um and then how we manage and use water. Uh you know, everything from again like our drinking water in our homes but even to fire suppression pumps in our commercial buildings and mm-hmm. and those types of different applications. It's 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 really fascinating. And all the way back to the reuse of water, right? The dirty water side of things. Uh, you know, how do you you know how do you move and and clean and, and reuse and and look at, you know, that full life cycle management of water.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I feel you kind of come into life a little bit as you're talking about water's meaning <laughs> and worth to you. So that's that's a good sign and a good segue into the next question too, which is what drives you about your work. You know, you touched on it a little bit, but it sounds like you have a vast and deep relationship with water.
4: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think it's you know stems from my background in in water. Uh, you know, my my why water is, you know, it's it's everything that that you do and touch, right? And and I remember in school, I was always a science person, and you know, the first chemical equation I ever learned H two O, and it was because it was the simplest, right? And I remember doing the diagrams or you know little molecules and and building out the H two H two O molecule. Um, but you know, behind the simple equation, you know, it's surrounded by a ton of complexity and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the most undervalued resource I think we have, right? That access to clean pressurized water at the twist of a handle and everything, the infrastructure required for for it to get there and, you know, be useful um, for us is, is really fascinating, right? And I think it's exciting to be able to impact that and, you know, really to Um, have an opportunity to help water work better for Mm -hmm. us, you know, uh, in all these different applications.
0: I really like how you said that, you know, water has a simplicity, but also a complexity to it. So I I like how you brought that together. And I love, love, love the phrase, why water? I use that all the time. It's just the alliteration is so good. Uh, (laughs) So my next question to you, I feel kind of personally about this because mentorship for women is really important to me as a woman working in water. So I want to know from you, how can mentorship play a role in elevating women in leadership? And has it influenced you at all? Do you mentor? What's your relationship there?
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, everyone can point back to mentors, formal and informal, right, in the value of um, shaping us as we we grow in in our roles and uh, in new opportunities. And I've been very lucky. I've had um, great diversity in my mentors as well, from women to men, um, you know, backgrounds, functions, you know, being able to uh, have mentors that look at things differently, uh, sometimes they just ask a simple question that provides so much clarity, right that that you know because they're not in the weeds necessarily of, mm-hmm. of, of the current challenges or opportunities that you're that you're working through. Uh, it's it's really critical and, and powerful. Um, so those those key learnings that um, you know really help to drive you know new viewpoints and new ways of doing things.
0: I absolutely agree completely. and I think mentorship can be a two-way street too. you've got to give and also take
4: absolutely. Absolutely. Really critical, right, is to uh, mentor, and especially in industries like water, Um, you tend to have a lot of people with a lot of experience. That's the beautiful thing about this business. Yeah, and a lot of great people that want to help you right Um, when I first came into the business. You know, there there was no such thing as a dumb question, right? They everybody was open and and willing to share their experiences, um, which I think is really a valuable part of our industry.
0: Yeah, that really is a blessing. It's very much a giving, a giving kind of culture, and just diversity of perspectives only enrich that. So great to hear your perspective on that, Melissa. Um, mm-hmm. Next, I want to know, do you see any barriers to women in leadership roles in water, or alternatively, what are some of your thoughts on how to continue to promote women into leadership roles in water and then beyond?
4: Yeah, you know, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I would, I would say, you know, there are no barriers. Uh, there's, there's only, only obstacles to jump over, right? Um, it's very different. Uh, but no, I think there are no barriers to women in water particular and you're seeing more and more women coming up in the space which is really exciting um i think just in general um you know being able to provide again those different viewpoints um you know in the industry is is really key you know i think as we work through this it's continuing to gain experience perspective um you know getting out in the field and working um, you know, with the, with the people at Impact in whether you're doing filtration or pumps or whatever the case may be, um, you know, but that would be advice to anybody uh, entering into, into a new opportunity, right, to be able to really go from the ground up uh, and, and build on that experience set.
0: Yeah, awesome. I, I totally agree. That's a great perspective. So also for you a little bit more personally and a little bit more fun, who are you when you close the laptop, if ever, a hidden talent or a hobby, who you are when you aren't working a peek inside Melissa's mind?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so when I close my laptop, uh, it's a really about time spent with my family. I have four children uh, between the ages of four and 12, two boys and two girls, uh, and so that keeps us pretty busy with their hobbies um, and which I absolutely love. And we also live on a hobby farm. We have about a 12 acre farm here in Wisconsin wow. and it's really great. Um, I grew up as a competitive equestrian uh, and have always loved animals of all kinds. Uh, and it's, it's fun to see our kids grow up learning um, and working around the farm, really instilling those values. Um, and they, it's the teamwork. Everybody has their chores and, um, and they love every second of it, and it gives us a lot of, uh, a lot of outdoor time and, and hard work spent uh, with well-earned
0: evenings. <laughs> wow, that'll keep you busy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also, don't you feel like a lot of people who are nature people and environment people are so drawn to water's mission as well? It sometimes feels very natural.
4: It does. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think when you depend on water, Mm -hmm. um, you realize, you know, not only for yourself and your family, but, you know, a a menagerie of animals in our, in our case, right. Um, You know, it it just, it brings it back. And again, it's that full life cycle, right. As you're looking at the life cycle Mm -hmm. of water and nature and everything um, that you do uh, it's, 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 it's really critical. So I think you see a lot of, a lot of those links
0: uh, on the personal side as well. Now I want to come visit you and see what (laughs) what your hobby farm is like, but. Anytime, absolutely,
4: it's it's always crowded.
0: (laughs) Well, I've got a last curveball question for you that I just was brainstorming on while we were thinking. So feel free to let me know if you don't have something for it, but any kind of advice or something you would want to say to the next generation of the water workforce of career development advice or something that's helped you maybe?
4: Oh, yeah. You know, I I think the biggest piece is stay curious, right? Um, It's really, really critical in this industry. And, um, you know, some would say that it can be slow moving, you're dealing with infrastructure and some of those elements. Um, And then others will tell you it's lightning fast as um, the water environment changes and you see, you know, emerging contaminants and other um, factors that are coming to life. So it's about staying curious um, and really trying to look to see, you know, where is the prioritized need, and, and how how do we help to solve that problem um, from our customer standpoint? And what are those problems that they are? I think that's really critical um, for 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 the up and coming generations.
0: Beautiful, thank you. I'm going to carry that with myself, and I hope our listeners find a lot of value there too. So. Thank you for hopping on the call, Melissa. It was a joy to meet you and learn a little bit more about your experiences. I hope only great things are to come for you. All right, thank you. all right and thanks for those interviews jennifer and melissa always a great opportunity when we're able to speak with great women in water and highlight those voices and celebrate those stories for thanks so thanks for listening and joining us with joining us on that and now wrapping up with just a little bit of how keeping concluding our 50th episode um on wqp we just announced our 2022 industry icon it is a great article i'm biased i wrote it um celebrating uh richard mess who's president of master water conditioning check it out over on wqpmag.com and then other exciting wqp news that i'm also biased about is uh my editorial letters are up for an award from the American Society of Business Professional uh, editors for overall excellence. So fingers crossed and thanks for reading. Thanks for joining on the adventure. Over to Bob.
1: Yeah, I'll start by uh, pointing out awards as well for WWD. We are up as a finalist in the category for best media brand overall editorial excellence for the Jesse H. Neal Awards, which are considered to be the the Pulitzers of B2B media. Uh, we're very stoked about this. This is not just a uh, not just about me. This is about our entire team. From Katie and Lauren's help on making sure that our our, our pages are all clean and well edited. Um, our associate editor for having uh, Christina Tusser for having things every single day on our website. For Continuing to do the what is all of our contributing authors, our, all our support staffs. It's I'm very excited about this this award. It really highlights how much we've put into elevating our brands, and the same thing with uh, Lauren's editorial letters. the The amount of effort that she put into that uh, can't go uh, ignored. So, um, but. In terms of other news, uh, we are not, we do have Top Projects and Industry Icon currently up for nominations right now. You can go to wwdmag.com nominate to find each of those programs and nominate a Top Project or an Industry Icon today. Katie, how about you?
2: Uh, first, congrats to both of you on those uh, award final positions. I'm very proud of you both. <laughs> and um, For SWS specifically, our next webinar is on March 24th at 1 p.m. Central Time. We are diving into drainage and flood control. So please join us. You can register for free at bit.ly slash SWS March Webinar and with that don't forget to like subscribe share on itunes google play soundcloud and spotify you can also reach us at talking underwater at sgcmail.com to share your thoughts and don't forget to follow us on twitter at tuw podcast thanks so much for listening and good luck lauren
1: good luck lauren
0: oh diving out <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the last one oh, thanks guys we mm-hmm.